Good Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Good Tidings radio broadcast. I am your radio pastor and Bible teacher for the next 25 to 30 minutes, Dr. David Pinkerton, and I am blessed and honored that you're tuned in today. I pray that your week has been going well, that your eyes have been focused upon Jesus Christ, watching his work in your life through the Spirit and the Word of God, and that you're growing in your faith and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who is soon to come again. We're thankful that you're tuned in today here on WXAN Radio out of Windswept Hills of Ava, Illinois. It is 103.9 on the FM dial. And on the internet, we're at WXANradio.com. And when the page pulls up, click on the button, listen live, and you are here at the Good Tidings Radio Broadcast. It is 11 a.m. Central Standard Time, and we're glad you're tuned in for the next little bit. Open your Bibles this morning to John chapter number 10. John chapter number 10, as we prepare to bring a message to you this morning. Get a pen handy, uh, take some notes, because what we're going to teach today, what we're going to preach today is going to change your life if you're a doer of the word and not a hearer only. God wants us to be doers of the word and not hearers only. It's great to be a born-again Christian, to know for sure that you're on your way to heaven because you've trusted Christ and him alone as your Savior. And we're here today, thankful that you're tuned in. And we want to do two things here. We want to actually three. We want to exalt Jesus Christ and glorify him. We want to encourage and strengthen the believer in the inner man. And then we want to evangelize the lost. And that's what WXAN Radio was all about, preaching and teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ to a lost, hellbound world that could come to the knowledge of the truth, that Jesus died on the cross for their sins, shed his blood in their place, was buried in the tomb, and resurrected the third day for their justification. And they are sinners without any hope of their sin debt ever being paid, but God sent his son into the world that through him the world may be forgiven of their sins because of his blood atonement on the cross, burial, and resurrection. And now, by faith in Jesus, if you'll trust him as Savior, God will forgive you of your sins, seal you into the day of redemption, give you eternal life in heaven. But then, as we're going to preach this morning, an abundant life here in this life. Now, I want to ask you a question today. Before we move much further, I do want to say that I want you to pray for WXAN Radio, Brother Danny, Leanne, Will, and the team there. Uh, we're glad to be a small part of that, as we often say. Pray for WXAN Radio. Uh, give to WXAN Radio financially. It's a wonderful ministry to sow seed into and watch God bless your life. As multitudes are being saved, we're reaching into the entire world with the gospel of Christ. And as we could all say, the best music this side of heaven. And we're here, Lord, as the Lord is willing, to uh, glorify Him. And uh, so pray for WXAN Radio. Support it financially. Listen to it faithfully. Tell others about it. And then advertise with it, too. It has a, WXAN has a really good reach. So you're on the Good Tidings radio broadcast, and I'm Dr. David Pinkerton, and I want you to go to John chapter number 10 and verse number 10. We're going to look at how to live the abundant life. 
how to live the abundant life. So make sure that you take notes because it'll change. The Word of God is a hammer. It's powerful. It's quick. It'll change our lives if we'll put it into practice and we'll we'll do it and watch and see what God does. John chapter number 10 and verse number 10. The Bible says, the thief cometh not. And these are the words of Jesus. I love to quote Jesus Christ. Jesus is the final authority on the earth, and you'll never be wrong quoting Jesus Christ. The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Now notice this. I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. More abundantly. Christian, are you living the abundant life? Or are you just existing? I'm here to say today, I think most Christians are really just existing in their walk with Jesus. Not living the abundant life. And that's a shame. Because Jesus Christ, who is the greatest authority the world has ever known, he's a wonderful Savior, has said that he's come to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. I love that song, What a Wonderful Savior is Jesus, My Lord. Folks, It is evident from our text in John chapter 10 and verse number 10, God wants his people, blood-washed, born-again believers, to live above the spiritual poverty line. Are you living below the spiritual poverty line? You see, abundant living is God's primary prescription for all believers. God wants all believers to live abundantly, and that's you, friend. God is no respecter of persons. Now, why should we be content to not have God's best in our lives? Think about that. All Christians have a first-class ticket for the accommodations of life, but are traveling in third-class accommodations. Christians, you're traveling to heaven on a first-class ticket, purchased by the very blood of Jesus Christ, the sinless Son of God, the propitiation of the sins of the world. Everything is included in that. So God wants you to go for the caviar and go for the steak and quit trying to live a subpar life. Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. When you trusted him by faith as Savior, God redeemed you. You're saved. You're sealed. You're given eternal life. You're on your way to heaven. The Holy Spirit is living inside of you, and he's going to guide you into all truth of the word of God. And God wants you to live abundantly. So jot down some notes today as we look at this particular study, this outline, and the reference verses that support it, and be involved in doing what it says. You need to live the abundant life. Your life is precious. It's valuable. God gave it to you. It's a gift. And since you've been born again, you need to be living abundantly. And shame on you if you're not. So, how are we going to live the abundant life that Jesus said he came to give us? Number one, I submit to you, trust God implicitly. Trust God implicitly. Listen to the words of the wise man in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Listen to the words of King David, Psalm 37 and verse 3. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. 
Now I want to ask you a question. Do you take God at his word? You know the Bible is the word of God. You've heard me preach that for years now. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, 2 Timothy chapter 3, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished, unto all good works. For the prophecy came in old times, not by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. The Bible is the Word of God. It is the Word of God. You can trust it. But do you take God at His Word? Listen to Psalm chapter 34 and verse 22. The Lord redeemeth the soul of His servants, and none of them that trust in Him shall be desolate. Listen to the words of the wise man again in Proverbs chapter 28, verses 25. He that is of a proud heart stirreth up strife, but he that putteth his trust in the Lord shall be made fat. Folks, when we trust God, we succeed. Remember what God told um, Remember what God told um, Moses many times? He said, trust me, believe me. And then he told Joshua, when Joshua, Joshua took up leadership of the children of Israel, in Joshua chapter 1, he said, do what I say to do, and then you'll have great success. Christian, the reason you're not succeeding in life and living the abundant life is because you're not taking God at his word and doing what he says to do with it. And you can stop that today and start afresh and new, living an abundant life according to the word of God. Trusting the Word of God, not trusting the news media, not trusting some doctrinal or, or some religious denomination, but trusting in the Holy Word of God. When we trust God, we succeed. You see, life is like a mountain railroad with an engineer that's brave. He'll make the run successful from the cradle to the grave. End of quote. We have to, number one, to live abundantly, trust God implicitly. Are you trusting God? Now, secondly, I submit to you to live the abundant life. Not only should we trust God implicitly, but secondly, you must learn to pray fervently. You must learn to pray fervently. In James chapter number five and verse number 16, the Bible says, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another, that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The word fervent, folks, in your King James Bible means red hot, <laughs> red hot. Are you reaching out and trying from your heart to get a hold of God in prayer? Or are we just going through it uh, methodically and routinely and without any passion, without any soul, without any encouragement, uh, without any kind of spirit in our prayers? Or do you really need to get a hold of God? Have you noticed in life, in those moments when trial comes into our life, tragedy comes into our life, how our prayer life changes? We really begin to seek God. We get fervent in our prayers. And when God is blessing and things are well, we're not as passionate about our prayers, but our prayers should be red hot. He said in John 5, 16, the effectual fervent prayer, a red hot prayer 
of a righteous man availeth not. We are righteous because we were made righteous by the blood of Jesus that was applied to us when we trusted Christ by faith and him alone to be our personal savior. Folks, when we are swept off of our feet by trials, we need to get on our knees. And when we get on our knees, we can stand taller. When we get on our knees, we can do more. When we get on our knees, we can be stronger and accomplish much more on our knees than we can on our feet. When was the last time you got on your knees in prayer and sought God and begged God and got fervent in your prayers? You see, nothing happens until prayer takes place. When heartaches, trials, troubles, depression, tribulation, despondency, despair, when those things are going on, remember, God is still on his throne and everything is okay. He wants us to remember he's still in control, so go to him in prayer. The poet said God is still on his throne. He promises to take care of his own. His promises are still true. He will see you right through, for Christ is still on his throne. End of quote. They who kneel before God can stand before any man. Remember that. They who kneel before God can stand before any man. In Luke chapter 18 and verse number one, the Bible says men ought always to pray and not to faint. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 17, the Bible says pray without ceasing. Now you know me, I like to quote Jesus. So let me quote Jesus again. In Matthew chapter 18 and verse 19, Jesus said this, friends, again, I say unto you, again, he said, that if two of you shall agree on this earth as touching anything, they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my father, which is in heaven. Notice that again, I say unto you that if any two of you shall agree on this earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my father, which is in heaven. Do you believe the Bible? Do you trust the word of God? Do you take God at his word? He's saying here, do this. Pray without ceasing. Any two of you agree that men ought always to pray, always to pray and not to faint. We should go through our day praying, folks. Be a prayer warrior. You may not be able to physically do what you would like to do for the Lord or financially do and support things, but you can pray. And that's what God cherishes first and foremost and commands and instructs us to do. In Matthew chapter 21 and verse 22, And all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. Believing ye shall receive. In other words, trusting that God will do what he said he'll do. Folks, he's too, he's too honest to lie. It's a the Bible says by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. God can't lie to you and I. He's not lying to the world when he said, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He never said, except a man be baptized, except a man be a church member, except a man be philanthropic, except a man be charitable. He said, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Have you been born again? through faith in Jesus Christ and him alone as your Savior? If not, recognize that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, Jesus, that whosoever believeth in him, the word believe means to trust in him and him alone, believeth in him 
shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Christ took your sins upon the cross of Calvary. God poured, Jesus took the sins of the world upon him. He became our substitute, our sin bearer, our propitiation, our atoning sacrifice. God took every sin that you've ever committed or will commit. He did that for the people that have lived or living and will live. He died for the sins of the whole world, not just a few, the whole world. He shed his blood. The Father received that blood atonement. That's all he's ever accepted as redemption for the sins of the world, and that is blood atonement. And the sinless blood of Christ came from him. He bore our sins in his own body on the tree. He was crucified. He died. They took his lifeless body, put it in a tomb, and on the third day he rose again, triumphant over death, hell, and the grave, and he paid the sacrifice for your sin debt, friend. Human, every human being owes God a sin debt because of what Adam did in the Garden of Eden. And that sin debt must be paid. And Jesus paid it. And when you, by faith now, ask him to be your Savior, put your full trust in him, or what the Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's more than a mental assent to, the fact, to a fact that Jesus was a historical personage. It means that you will trust him by faith to be your savior, that you're a sinner. You can't save yourself. You repent, which means to change your mind. You see yourself as God sees you as a sinner with no hope. You have nothing to offer God, and you come to his son, Jesus, by faith and trust him and him alone to be your savior. God saves you by grace through faith in Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, if you'd like to trust Christ as your savior, follow me in this simple prayer. There's nothing magical about a prayer. Prayer is the vehicle that takes your faith and puts it into the object of your faith, which the Bible says is Jesus Christ and him alone for your salvation. Not Jesus plus baptism. Not Jesus plus church membership. Jesus and him alone. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So you'd like to trust Christ as your Savior, follow me in this prayer, please, from the sincerity of your heart. Jesus, please forgive me of all of my sins. Come into my heart and save me. And take me to heaven when I die. I'm trusting you and you alone to be my personal Savior. Now, folks, if you've done that, God's shouting in heaven, the angels are rejoicing in heaven, and we would like to rejoice with them and with you. If you'll send me an email or contact the station, they can get a hold of me. I've got new information that I would, for new Christians, new step, steps in a new direction, a discipling material that I'd like to send you free of charge. So feel free to contact WXAN Radio, and we'll get a hold of me, or you can contact me via email at Dr. Dave. That's D-R-D-A-V-E, Dr. Dave, one three, at gmail.com. Dr. Dave, one three, at gmail.com. And once you get a hold of me, we'll correspond, and I'll get that information to you, okay? So, listen to what we're saying. God's saying if you want to live the abundant life, you have to trust him implicitly. Number two, you have to pray fervently. In John chapter 14 and verse 13, Jesus said what? And here's the icing on the cake with the cherry on top, folks. 
and whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Listen to the to First John chapter three and verse twenty one. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then we have confidence toward God. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him, because we keep his commandments and do those things which are pleasing in his sight. Think about this when it comes to praying. What about Elijah? Elijah prayed, and fire fell from heaven, burned up the sacrifice, the altar, and licked up the water, 12 barrels full. Think about how awesome our God is. We use In our life, we use water to put out fire. Our God used fire to put out water and consume the sacrifices. What about Daniel? Daniel prayed and the lions got a serious case of lockjaw. The Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they prayed and the fire lost its heat. The church prayed and Peter was released from prison. Paul and Silas prayed and God shook the earth with a 10 on the Richter scale, and the prison door sprang open in the book of Acts. Folks, don't push the panic button. Push the prayer button. The powerhouse is always there, so push the button labeled prayer. Number three, if you're going to live the abundant life, you must, number one, not only trust God, number two, not only pray fervently, but number three, You must learn to seek diligently. You must learn to seek diligently. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, Jesus said, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Well, Jesus goes on to say in Matthew 6 and verse 33, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. In Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 13, the prophet said, And ye shall seek and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. When was the last time, Christian friend, you got back to searching God with all your heart? Not having a divided heart toward anything else, but solely and wholly committed to Jesus Christ and to his cause and to his work upon this earth of preaching the gospel and sharing the gospel with the lost world. Seek. He is saying seek. Notice this. Well, there's some things we need to seek, believer, Christian friend. One of the things we need to seek, write this down, is seek the will of God for your life and your church. Are you in the will of God? You see, the most important thing in your life is to be in the will of God. Period. Plain. It's that simple. The most important thing in your life is to be in the will of God. And God doesn't hide his will from anybody. It's written plainly on the scriptures. It's written plainly in the Bible. Listen to Romans chapter 12, verses 1, 2, and 3. Romans chapter 12, verses 1, 2, and 3. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. 
For I say, though through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. God wants you to know his will for your life. Do you know that? You can. You should. It's printed plainly in the will of God. And if you'll seek God with your whole heart, you'll find it. Don't have a preconceived idea about what you think God wants you to do. Just open your heart and say, Lord, what do you want? And I'll do it. So when we seek God diligently, we must seek the will of God for our life and for our church. Churches, you're trying to consider pastors. Multitudes of churches need pastors right now. I would say pray fervently, pray regularly, pray continually, and go slow and let the Spirit lead you. But pray, seek the will of God. If you're willing to present your body, friend, a living sacrifice and allow the Holy Spirit to focus your mind on Jesus Christ, holy, completely, he'll show you his will. Do that, friend. Seek not only the will of God in your life, and I'm going to have to hasten because of time, but seek diligently the solution to your problems. Seek diligently the solution to your problems. See, many times we sell God far too short. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20 tells us, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. In other words, God is able. Seek diligently him the solution to your problems. Whatever your problem is, God's greater than the problem. Seek him. He's bigger than all your problems. He's got the answer to your questions, the solution to your problems, the ways for you to go. Now, time is running away from me, so I'm going to have to cut this short. We may have to come back and, and get into it again, hopefully next week. But when you're seeking God diligently, seek the will of God for your life and for your church. And then seek diligently the solution to your problems. God is the solution to your problems. And then seek diligently the right way for your family to go. Folks, raise your family in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Dedicate your children to the Lord. Dedicate yourself. Give yourself wholly and completely to Jesus Christ. That's the safest place to be in the will of God. Now, time has escaped us. You've been listening to the Good Tidings radio broadcast, and I am Dr. David Pinkerton, your radio pastor and Bible teacher. It's been an honor to have you. Hey, hand out a gospel track this week. Pray for someone. Invite someone to church. Do a kind deed. Get radically kind for Jesus. Because in Acts chapter 10, he went about doing good. And we should too. But keep looking up. God is still in control. Don't let the plight of the world bother you. God is still in control. Keep looking up, friend. God loves you. We're grateful that you're tuned in. And keep listening to WXAN Radio. God will bless you, okay? You have a wonderful, wonderful day, and we'll hope to get to talk to you soon. God bless you. I bring you good tidings of great joy. Oh, yes. So fear not, fear not.